Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His kingdom. people here and for such a small room it's it is powerful just to see so many people who are equipped at leading churches at leading worship of in such quality ways I know the band doesn't do that the worship for applause but I like applauding them because they put so much work into what they do and it's it's a high level of musical excellence and and a high level of posture before God just just they they really have sincere hearts so anyway really I think it's important to, to applaud them in a while. So, uh, before we go into this, um, I just want to encourage you to, to read your Bible. <laughs> read, read your Bible, because the only time I really remember sermons is, is when it's connected to a scripture. When I, like, I'll read a scripture, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, someone talked about that thing. And I, it's just going to be a, a motivational talk if you're not reading your Bible on your own. So if you're not doing, doing the stuff on your own, it's, it's just like, I mean, I'm just wasting my time up here. Um, and so I want to encourage you in that. How many people know, raise your hand if you know what book we're going through right now. All right, there, there's, there's some. All right, cool. We're going through the book of Matthew, all right? So, so if you're on your own and, and if you want to read through Matthew, that's what we're going through right now. And it'll help give context and actually open things up. And uh, yeah, I encourage that. So we've been going through this series in, in Matthew, and the theme we're kind of highlighting is the kingdom of God. So Jesus is, is a, um, he's the Savior. He's the Messiah that is coming in to, to our world and ushering in a kingdom, ushering in a whole new way of, of doing things, a whole new set of laws and rules. And, and, and when I say laws and rules, I mean like, like something like a whole new way of living, a whole new world order he's ushering in. And that's what we've been following. So he came on the scene in a miraculous birth, miraculous conception. He did some healings, did some miracles. Then he went up and then spoke to a bunch of people and gave this sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, where he laid down a whole new radical way of living. And now he, he's come back down, and it's time to do some business. And so we're going to read through Matthew 8, 1 through 17. If we could read through it together, it would be great. You ready? When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those 
who were following, truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to the centurion, go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and waited on him. When evening came, they brought many to him who were demon-possessed and cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. The word of the Lord. All right, that's a long passage there. Um, so he comes down from the mountain. A leper comes to him. He heals him. And leprosy was, was not what the leprosy we have nowadays. It was, it was uh, this skin condition that was highly contagious and it was horrible so, uh, and, and, and incurable. So he, he cures that. Then a centurion comes to him. He heals his servant. And then he heals Peter, one of his disciples' mother-in-law. And then Matthew uses a quote from Isaiah. So there's, there's three. He comes up the mountain. There's three healings. And then Isaiah says, but use the quote that says, he himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. And so the, these healings are important. Obviously, it's amazing to see a miracle. Anytime you see a miracle, it's amazing. But what Matthew's pointing out here is that these are all just, just subcategories of, the, of the, the main thing that's going on here. And the main thing is that Jesus is showing himself to be the Messiah. He's showing himself that what the Isaiah the prophet wrote 700 years before 700 years before, outlining, prophesying who this Messiah would be and what he would do. Jesus is fulfilling it right here. And so not only are there, is there three miracles, that, oh my gosh, it's a miracle, that's really cool. It's, he's saying, no, no, this Messiah who does these miracles is ushering in a whole new era, a whole new kingdom where these miracles happen all the time, where, these, where, where so many things are possible than you thought before. And so it's a huge statement of Christ being the Messiah and him ushering in this kingdom. So I'm going to, for the sake of time, I'm going to go to a, uh, just focus on the centurion right now. Because I think that there's an important thing that's going on here that, that applies to a lot. So let's go to the, the centurion portion. So a centurion was a, uh, it's a Roman, not like a Roman commander. They're in charge of, of, of 100 to, to actually even more soldiers. So, so they're like a Roman captain, Roman commander. Uh, Rome at the time is the most powerful nation in the world. They control the entire Mediterranean, all the way even to parts of Iraq, parts of, uh, of Iran, and all the way up through Romania, all the way up to France. Like, I mean, they control, they just dominate this world. And they've come in and they've taken the promised land from the Jews. They've conquered them, they've subjected them, and now they're occupying and ruling over them. And this centurion is one of those guys. But he's, he's, he's different than the rest of the centurions. There's, there's something different about him. One, he has a concern for his, his servant, his, his slave, which is in, slaves back in the day are, are entirely replaceable. I mean, it's like, oh, you're always sick? Okay, we'll, let's get, we'll get a new one. We'll just get a new one. But he has some kind of connection 
and, and, and compassion for this, for this slave of his. This, the, the, word, the Greek word is servant-slave, so there's like, there's a, it most likely was a slave. So he's compassion on him, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. But the real issue here, or the, the real important thing to focus on, is that Jesus marveled at his faith. And in some versions, it says he was amazed at his face. This is the only time in the Bible that Jesus was impressed or amazed by someone's faith. The only time. And then he goes on to say that, that he's not found this kind of faith in all of Israel. All of Israel. Who, who are the chosen people who God encountered a thousand years before and has been interacting with them for, for nearly a millennium. But he doesn't find faith there. He finds it with a guy who, who's not Jewish, who is a soldier, and who, who barely knows who God is. Barely knows. But he marvels at him. He's amazed at him. So let's look at what he said. So he's concerned about his servant. And then he says, um, let's go to the next passage. Oh, yeah, actually, no, you're right here. He says, um, right back. He says, uh, Jesus offers to go to his house. And he says, no, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. I mean, if, if, if Obama offered to come to my house, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if, maybe I'd, I'd be worried about cleaning up and everything. But, like, I'm not going to stop him and say, like, oh, no, 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 it's all right. That's okay. Like, like he, he, he has a... There's a humility there, that's something about him that, that, that is, that's different from, from what I understand and from what I think a lot of us understand. So he stops him and says, oh, yeah, yeah, just, just say the word. Like, like just, 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 um, just, just say, say he's healed and, and, and he'll be healed. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I have that kind of faith in Jesus right now. I want to have that kind of faith. I did have that kind of faith. I don't know if I have that full kind of faith. And, and, and follow me here. Stay with me here while, while I unpack this. If Time Warner Cable yeah. is on the phone with me, and, and, and they're promising that, like, oh, yeah, um, just, just reset, your, reset your modem, and it'll, it'll come back on, um, and, and uh, you're, 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 you're all good, so I'm going to hang up now. I'm not going to let them hang up, because I have zero faith that, that it's going to work. Zero faith it's going to work. I'm going to say, no, no, you're staying on the phone with me. You're going to send someone over here. I'm going to call up three different locations and make sure they're coming because I want to get this problem solved because I have no internet. And I can't watch TV. I can't go on, you know. Anyway, so, um, but this guy who, who barely has an idea of, I mean, he probably was the first person to kind of believe in, in this Jewish God. He says, oh, no, no, you don't need to do that. Just, just say the word. And any miracle that, that, uh, that people have seen back at this time is, is usually like someone touches somebody. If you do see that, if that, you know, and that was mostly 100 years before. So you've heard stories of people being touched and healed, but, but never like a, a mobile, like wireless, like healing. You, you, you don't hear that. You, you, don't, you don't hear about that. That that's, doesn't seem like that. Like, but, but he's saying, he's like, oh, no, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, just, um, um, so he, he refuses Jesus' offer. He stops him and says, oh, no, 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 you, uh, you can do better than that. Like, you can just heal, heal him from there. You don't need to come to my house. Come on. Come on. You're God. You can, you, can, you can say anything. Like, I'm, under, I'm over authority and under authority. I, and I, I know if I say go, so the person goes. If I say do this, he does it. And gosh, I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of faith. Because it it's childlike faith. And it's what amazes Jesus. All throughout the Gospels, you see Jesus walking around his, his promised land, the land, that, his people's land. And, and people are constantly saying, prove yourself, prove yourself. 
If you're the Messiah, do something. Heal somebody. And this guy doesn't ask for any proof. He just says, oh yeah, I believe you can do this. And ascribes faith to him. He credits him with faith. The Bible in the psalm says to ascribe glory and strength to God. Ascribe glory and strength. We don't use the word ascribe often, but it means to credit. And the root word of credit is to believe. Like banks give us credit if they believe in us, if they believe that we're going to pay back the loan. They give us credit. And this centurion gives God credit. He gives Jesus credit where he hasn't seen any experience of this, but he gives him credit, and it's so beautiful. I love that. He goes beyond what Jesus presents him. Jesus says, oh, yeah, I'll come and heal him. But he says, no, 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 you can do better than that. And I think there's a pattern with a lot of the things that Jesus does in the Bible where he almost waits for us to have the faith. He almost waits for us to engage. A little bit later, he's gonna, Jesus is going to feed 5,000 people with a loaf of bread and a couple of fish. He's just going to, they're just going to break the bread and then keep passing and keep breaking, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to feed 5,000 people. We know that's impossible, you, yeah, like, so, but he can do anything. So, so he, he goes beyond that and, and, and does that. A couple months later, or like a, six months later, there's 4,000 people, and, and, and they're all, they all need food. And, and his disciples go to him and say, hey, there's 4,000 people, we should send them home. And, get, and, and, he's, and Jesus says to them, he says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Uh, he puts them in a position where, where that's, that's impossible. Like, okay, yeah, first of all, there's, there's not enough shops around here that I can provide food for these people, and we wouldn't even have enough money to pay for all the food if we, if we did have the shops around here that we could make this much bread and fish or catch fish. Um, and he puts them in a position where they have to kind of re- remember, oh, wait, you, you did this miracle six months ago. You actually fit more than this. Let's ask you for this. And he puts them in a position where their faith is, needs to be exercised and proactive. And I don't know about you, but I, I've gotten so much accustomed to kind of just waiting on God and just kind of waiting for, uh, for him to show up and like prove to me again and again that, that he's amazing and that, and that he can do anything. And I think today's the day we got to stop that. Today's the day we got to stop waiting on him and, and learn to wait on him in the right way and to expect things from him in the right way. So Jesus finds this faith and is amazed by faith in the centurion. He's amazed by it. So why, why are these Jews lacking this faith? Why is he not amazed by anybody else in, in the whole country of Israel? Why is he not amazed? It, it, it's... It is shocking. You think about it. When, when a God has interacted with the people for a millennium and, and, and there's still this kind of... And I think of, uh, I think of my story. So one of the, the, uh, the things that, that, have, that has gone through in my life... Um, so I, I came to God about like 10, 11 in vacation Bible school and um, I heard about Jesus and I was like, oh yeah, okay, this, this is... This is the real deal. This, this, is, like, this is amazing, and this, I'm following this guy. This guy loves me, and he's powerful, and I'm following this. This is three years or four years later, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. So I'm like, oh, gosh, well, yeah, well, God's going to heal her. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's pray for healing. And the cancer went away. And, the, and, then, and then three years later, cancer came back, or two years later, the cancer came back. 
And, and, and it was even worse. It was hard. It was in the, the marrow. She had to go in the hospital and have all the blood cell, like all her white blood cells removed. But, but God can do anything. Are you kidding me? Like he made the world. He, he can do that. He made her. He can, he can you know, he can, he can fix that. Somehow she survived. God healed her. I fully believe God healed her. Then a, a year later, some spots show up in an in a, in a x-ray. Then, then, then they're gone. Then her tumor marker, which was an indicator of cancer, skyrockets. Go, goes up from, from 40 to, to like three, no, to 400 and something. It, which, which is like, oh, you have a tumor. Like that, that, that's, that's a sign you have a tumor. Doctor goes into a biopsy and they, they schedule all these tests and all of a sudden the tumor marker just is, is down to normal. After, after, and we prayed about it and, and we're like, okay. And this happened about six or seven times through a 14-year span. I mean, like, amazing. I, I, I cannot believe, I'm, I'm still, it's, it's the one thing that gets me emotional when, when I feel like God has totally abandoned me or I feel like I'm just still mad at God. It's the one thing I'm like, oh, well, mm, that's true. You, you did all that. I can't argue that. You did all that. That's, that's amazing. Um, but then, then there, was, there was this, you know, as in any relationship, Resentment builds up. You start going, okay, why, why are we all these cancers coming? I, I, I thank you for healing her, but why is she getting sick all the time? Why don't you just stop the cancer? You're powerful. Why don't you prevent her from getting cancer? Like, I'm sick of going through this routine. I'm sick of this. And, and sure enough, she, she got sick again, and, uh, and it was starting to, starting to look bad, and then it looked good, and then, and, uh, and then, it, then it went to her liver, which is a horrible place to get cancer, and then and then it started to look good, and it was, we had this, this, this test that we were going to do, this experimental treatment that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, uh, Christmas Eve, she goes in the hospital, and within five days, she's dead. And it got into her lungs. Um, and I was so... I didn't, I didn't believe he was going to heal her again. I felt, I felt like for a variety of reasons, I was like, okay, you, first of all, we, you've healed, healed her enough, and you've done, done, done enough here. Like, this, this is a lot to ask for again. Second of all, I'm, kind of, I'm sick of asking. I'm sick of, of just saying, oh, God, please heal my mom. Please heal my mom. Like, I'm sick of being that, this little kid who just constantly needs something, who constantly needs to fight and constantly needs to ask for help. And I still prayed for healing, but, uh, but it didn't happen. In the, in the way I wanted. It didn't happen the way I wanted. And uh, um, he was still very present there, and it wasn't like this horrible time as, as much as I thought it would be. It was actually, he, he was very, very sweet during that time. But I, obviously, I still have anger about the fact that, like, he, he took my mom. Like, like that, that's, that's, the, that's the reality, and that's hard to face sometimes, is that God is all-loving, but he's all-powerful. So he doesn't create cancer. He doesn't cause someone to get cancer, but he has the ability to stop it. When he doesn't stop it, he becomes an accomplice in some way. But there's, that's where faith comes in, where you're like, okay, everything looks, everything looks in, in, in this world like, it's, like things are against me, like, like you're not loving me, God, but I'm going to believe you love me. Everything looks right now that, that like you hate me right now because of what the circumstances in my life. Like it, on paper, it looks like you hate me, but, I'm going to believe you, do, you, you love me. I'm going to believe opposite of what, of what my circumstances are. So I'm glad she's gone now. Um, 
So being newlyweds, I, I just got married uh, a month and a half ago. Um, it's, uh, it is, I, I always had high expectations for, for marriage, but it's, it's way better, well, oh, shit, you back. <laughs> it's way better than I thought. It's way better than I thought. And, um, and, uh, I know it, it won't necessarily always be as joyful and as blissful as it is now, but, but in 15 years, if we're, like, if we're not that, it's going to be harder to be in this, in this state, but there's no excuse for it not being in this state. And for Israel going through a thousand years of, of invasion, rape and pillage, destruction, burning down, for a thousand years of, of war, of, of just intense suffering, for them to not, not have as strong a faith in Jesus is understandable. It's understandable, but it's no excuse. It's understandable, but it's no excuse. And that's, that's where we find ourselves sometimes. That's where, that's where we come up with a truce in relationships sometimes. We stop challenging each other. We stop. We say, I'm not going to tell you how you hurt me if you won't tell me how I hurt you. I'm, I'm not going to challenge you if you won't challenge me. There's, there's, a, there's a truce, a, kind of a settledness that, that you just kind of settle down at a stage of life. And that's exactly, I believe, what Israel did. And that's exactly what we all do. And we have to fight against in our, all our relationships, friendship, marriage, even with our children, I'm sure. We have to, to fight to prevent that from happening. And I believe Israel, just, they just they gave up on, them, on themselves, on who they are. Israel, the name God gave his people, means to struggle with God, to wrestle with God. And I think they stopped wrestling. They, they got tired of wrestling and tired of dealing with the apparent, the apparent contradictions of, this is how you're treating me, but actually you, love, you really love me. This is how bad things are, but you actually really have a plan and a purpose for my life. They, they had trouble wrestling with that tension, and they kind of just gave up over time. And I believe a lot of us in that room, and in this room right here, including myself, have give, given up in some ways on God. We still believe in him. We still believe he's God, and, like, and, and hopefully believe he, like he's gonna, we're going to go to heaven. But we've given up on him in some areas. Like, oh, yeah, he can't heal me there. He can't, he can't do this. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's understandable. Israel's condition is understandable. Our condition is understandable, but it's no excuse. It's no excuse. And Jesus goes on in the next verse. He gets harsh. He gets really harsh. And he says, many will come and eat at the table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob from east and west. What he's saying is that many people who aren't Jews are going to come and, and get into heaven. And, and the the actual Jews, the chosen people, the sons of the kingdom, will be cast out into outer darkness in the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's scary stuff. So we have to be so, we have to be great stewards of our faith. All right, we, and, and we're going to go through a, a time right now where we, where we look at ourselves and actually look at the areas of our life where we need we need to believe again. Because God can heal us even if we don't believe. But if we don't believe he can heal us, how can we believe he can forgive our sins? How can we believe he can, he can take away our sins and, and get us into heaven? 
It's a big question. So one of the things I see here is that with the leper and with the centurion, the leper, when he went up to Jesus, he falls down on his knees and worships him. And then, and then the centurion, he says, I'm not worthy to have you come into my house. There's a humility here with both these guys, a childlike humility. And I really think that the, the thing that happens is, is not, uh, the thing that separates us from God is not all the pain that, that he's caused, not all like the people have died in our life and all the times we've seen him not come through. I don't think that that's what separates us. What separates us is when we let pride come in. It's what we do with it, okay? All of us here are going to experience intense heartbreak and, and hard times in life. I'm sorry to say, but this is, this is life. It's, it's going to be hard, all right? But when we, it's when we get to the place where we stop wrestling with God and stop crying out to him saying, hey, why are you doing this? When we stop saying that and we just say, you know what? I'm tired of saying, why are you doing, why are you doing this? I'm tired of questioning you. I'm tired of having this doubt. I'm just going to lower the bar of what I expect of you. I'm going to lower, lower what I think of you and just, we'll, we'll just get along on this stage here because it's so humbling to keep asking and seeking and knocking like Bill talked about. Asking and seeking and knocking is so humbling, especially when, when, we, when we pray and we don't see immediate results. But God says he, he can do miracles. Well, why haven't you healed us? Well, why haven't you healed him? Why haven't you healed him? Why? we got to keep pressing in. There's a reason, and healing will come. But the reason is not because not we don't have enough faith or not because we're, we're bad people or because he doesn't love us. It's not that. My mom dying was God's full-throttle love for me. Full-throttle, 100% love toward me. It was not a sign of, of my sin in life or my, my lack of faith or... The fact that we did things wrong in life is 100% him loving me. I don't understand it, and I would love to reverse it with all the power in the world I have. But I have to have a childlike faith and say, oh yeah, you're God. You're God, you get it. Like, I'm, I'm gonna be dead in 80 years, and I'm gonna see her in heaven. It's gonna be, things are gonna be, the perspective I have is so minuscule. I, I, my career's been floundering for 13 years. I'm mad about that. Oh gosh, like, There is pain in that. Sure, there's pain in that. But we're we're going to, there's so much glory to come, and there's been so much goodness all throughout these 13 years that I'm so humbled to have received. Who are we to complain? We can complain, and God welcomes it, but who, really, who are we to complain? They were humble. They were so humble. They were like children. They, They let go of their pride. They let go of their disappointment and all their unmet expectations. And they just saw Jesus as, oh, gosh, that, that's, that's God. Uh, yeah, he, can, he built the universe. Have you guys ever watched Planet Earth, that, that BBC series? God created that. What? What? It's, it's insane, the, the intricacy of what he did. The human body alone, it's, it's, it's insane how, it, how we can take care of ourselves. How there, there's germs all alongside, on the outside of my body right now trying to kill me. That If they got inside my body, I would die. But there, there's some defense he built that stops that. There's, there's, some, there, there's, there's so many things, there's so many cancer cells that are being destroyed within me right now because he created some kind of system, this microscopic system that is killing them. It's amazing. It's amazing what he did. It, it's, and and you know, not, asking, not asking for big things in life is, is like, 
going to dinner with somebody who's paying for your whole dinner and then, and then not asking for that five-cent Andy's mint on the way out. Where there's, like, there's a nickel. If you go to some Mexican restaurants and some of those, some of those restaurants, they have these little Andy's mints, those little uh, things. That are, and they cost a nickel. It's a nickel. It really is. It's that small in his eyes. There's nothing too difficult for him. But it's humbling when you don't see results. When you don't see immediate results, it's so humbling to ask again. And the only thing it is, heartache will not separate you from God. Pain will not separate you from God. It's the pride of getting sick of it, of getting sick of saying, all right, that's enough. I'm lowering the bar and I'm stopping. It, it, it hurts to hope. It really hurts to hope. But we need to keep our, our hearts open. Because God, let's do Romans 8.32. Because God, he sent his only son to die for us. He sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins. It doesn't make sense sometimes. It's hard to wrap our minds around, but he did it. He sent his son to die for us. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? How will he not also freely give us all things? Open your hearts today. Imagine a world where you actually can, can trust God and you can let go of your pride and you can keep asking him for the things you really want in life and, and you can accept the things when he says no and then the things he says yes about. You can accept them. My mom died, but, but he's going to do amazing things. My career's been floundering, but he's going to do amazing things. So many, so many things have been... So many times I've been let down in life, but he's going to do amazing things. What is that blank in your life? This thing happened, but he is going to do amazing things, and he loves me. Just close our eyes right now. God, there's things I've never seen you do, but I bet you can do them. We ask, Lord, that you give us the grace to give you credit, to ascribe to you credit. And I ask that you show us the areas of our life where we need faith. Show us the areas of our life where we, we've let pride shrivel up our expectations of you.